30 seconds, reality as you know it will cease to exist. In its place, you will find a new dimension, identical to the one you left behind, only slightly better. Take a deep breath and open your mind to the magic within you. This is no ordinary podcast. This podcast is with Richard Hello and welcome everyone to another episode of This Podcast is a Ritual. Before we get into today's very fun and very psychedelic episode, I'd like to invite anyone who's just stumbled their way into this, browsing through psychedelic tags on iTunes and saying, yeah, I want to hear what this wizard has to say. If you haven't yet, please go check out our very first episode titled How to Create a Slightly Better Reality, which serves as our opening ceremony. This podcast being, in fact, a magical ritual, by listening to the opening ceremony, you will get brought on board and initiated into the magic. So then everything that you hear within these episodes, and this episode in particular, will resonate with you at a much deeper, more profound, cellular, cosmic, energetic level. So if you haven't yet, go listen to it. But time being a flat circle that's been rolled up into a joint and bent into a rhombus and stretched out into a dodecahedron of infinite possibility, it's totally cool for you to listen to it later because it all comes around full circle. And coming around full circle, let's now get to business and talk about today's guest. Ramin Nazer is a comedian and artist, and I would even say true visionary. For the last several years, he's been drawing comics and posting them online, and his work reminds me of Farside if Gary Larson smoked DMT. And I mean that as a very high compliment, because I think what's so special about Ramin's work is that it cuts through the verbiage and the, you know, grasping to explain the ineffable with words that weren't built for it, and manages to distill that perspective of time and space and fractal dimensions and all of the weirdness that you get into, but in a way that's clear and funny and relatable. He's also constantly diagnosing and exploring and diagramming his own creative process and the ways that that manic energy of joyful creation can lead into those depressive bouts of self-loathing and frustration and wanting things to be different than they are. Which is, I think, at the heart of Ramin's vision, is that if you pull enough out from a human being, you can see how those two pieces, the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows, they fit together. And if you pull enough back, from the whole scope of cosmic history, you can see how past, present, and future are all nice little neighbors sitting side by side. Which is why Ramin and I sat down today to discuss, among many things, how to make art for the future. Something that we care a lot about at this podcast, where we want to create a connection that draws us from today into line with those of tomorrow so that we can all hold hands together and make the universe a slightly better place. Let's hear what Ramin has to say. Hello, Ramin. Hello, Devin. Welcome to Ritual Space. Thank you for having me. It's an honor and pleasure. What's our magic word for today? The magic word for today is 
Abundance. Abundance. All right. One, two, three. Abundance. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. So I think abundance is a good word. Why'd you pick that? Because it's uh, something we all strive for and want, whether it's in our love or money or uh, time or material possessions or you know, attention. It's we're, we're all kind of chasing abundance. Maybe like if you're thinking of it negatively, you want scarcity of other things, but abundance is this thing that we're chasing. And it's what the, at the core of all new thought, new age, any woo woo love mm-hmm. stuff. It's, uh, you know, the universe is infinitely abundant. There's just abundance of energy nonstop, but we'd have to figure out how to tap into it. And I was uh, worried about choosing that word because I'm like, someone's got to have chosen that before. And then I realized that would be great if everyone chose abundance and we would have an abundance of the word abundance. Abundance of abundance. Yeah, just meta and layers. Yeah, That's and it's kind on. of fun. You think of a dance and you think of a bun doing that dance. And yeah, a bun dance. Yeah. I like that. Had anyone chosen that before? No one's chosen that, but maybe you're the first and that's going to be the word that resonates and becomes the one that people choose again and again. I'd love that. Yeah. There's people that are listening to this episode. They're like, that's the first abundance episode. <laughs> Comes up a lot in the later series. But but it's no more special than all the other ones, which is why uh, abundance is... Um... No, this is a very special one. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, me too, man. I think... Uh, I feel like you and I, we can <clears throat> cut through the, the bullshit and get straight to the... The deeper bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> the headier bullshit, for sure. Yeah. Uh, because with the other side of abundance is that we're living in an era of abundance. We're sort of drowning in it. There's so much of everything all over the place all the time. There's so much content just pouring out. Yeah. And I think in your uh, your comics, can I call them comics? Oh, of course. Drawings. Yeah. Um, your hieroglyphs. Uh, I, I call them I'm like they're like they're like far side for the 21st century because I think you're really <laughs> capturing these ideas and you do them so well in such a single panel space. But you seem to be constantly negotiating and talking with yourself about why am I making content? How do I make content and how is it hard and how is it joyful and you know how do I switch from that ugly dark mode to that like joyful rainbow mode? Yeah. And how do I feel about producing all this content when there's a flood of it, you know? Yeah. It's a um it's a weird trap to get into to think like you should only make something because there is not enough of like oh there's a million music already. There's a million blah blah blah. Like everyone's already said abundance. Yeah, and uh I, I genuinely believe that since we're all, you know, fractals of the Big Bang and at one point we're all together and as Jack Cornfield says, we were all in the Big Bang and we just miss each other. Like we are each uh, a unique color that cannot be, uh, it can be imitated but never fully replicated. Like one person is red, one person is orange, one person is yellow, but infinitely, not like, right. not to where it's just that like limited spectrum. And um, we're all trying to figure out how to let that shine through because being technically impressive is often not what we care about. We love artists that actually shine through their themness. Like Jimi Hendrix is not great because like, oh, he could play anything. Give him any piece of sheet music and he'll play it. He couldn't even read sheet music. He yeah. didn't know the names of the notes. We loved that he expressed himself. And that's the same with any, you know, visual music artist any anything have you heard about the spilled coffee test no so it's it's one of these you know psychology things that comes up in malcolm Gladwell oh it's like a rorschach thing no it's uh they had people they had people listen they had volunteers listen to recordings of like a job interview 
and the candidates varied in terms of how well their resume was or some other things like that. And in one of the interviews, a candidate spills coffee at the beginning and has to apologize and mop it up. And people liked that candidate more. Oh, yeah, because they're human. They're human. Yeah, that those mistakes and those blemishes and those things that you're like, oh, I really wish that we'd been able to like get that off of the demo track. Someone's like, dude, that's my favorite part of the demo yeah, track. Yeah, everyone that loves music knows that even if they don't know it they love that like the the idiosyncrasies i guess of of that recording the cracks the snaps the, the yeah. missing that uh like the mistake in guitar prince would do that um uh i could just list people forever that have mistakes in there but as a creator do you think uh what do you think about that line of like do you have ownership of the work or do you just sort of bring it into this world and then it goes and lives its own life and becomes so oh, i else's? clearly don't have ownership of it especially yeah. when you look at uh this sounds kind of bitter and part of it is bitter and part of it is not uh, caring because this is the way things are. But very often people will just repost it and crop out my name yeah. and post it on their, their new age account, whatever, where they're selling an ebook or something. And I, I can't do anything about that. And I used to send them messages like, Hey, can you like give me credit on the thing? And then it feels dumb, but no, I clearly don't have ownership or if they replace the, the words or something, it's all, the only thing you have ownership of is being first. Like I can be the first that put that thing out, but afterwards it's gone. I'm already past it. And I think it's still, it still connects back to you because if someone doesn't have to see your watermark and visit your website and make a purchase for it to still be connected to this uh, amorphous body of the creativity you've brought into the world. That is, yeah, you know, everyone that's ever looked at one of your drawings, what percentage of those people looked at it on at Ramin official versus what people saw it on whoa dude yeah <laughs> do you know what i dream about is the the technological future it, they've already done this with audio if you try to upload something on youtube that has a copyrighted song it already knows it detects it and i think we're gonna have that with visual stuff too to where maybe even actors and people are going to have copyrighted like no you can't imitate brad pitt and release it in this yeah. fashion because even though you cgi'd it and it's not brad pitt you don't own brad pitt's face and the same with any music or the likeness of brad pitt the yeah. the, the entity that is brad mm -hmm. pitt like, yeah I and guess, then it's like 300 years from now it's like oh, i can't believe that the they they still own that it's like we should be past this but people still own it or maybe not maybe it just becomes a a crazy crazy free-for-all well some of these ideas seem to be organisms at this point i always think about you know if you could look at a map and just see uh some sort of chart that represents how big they are you know, how big is the Grateful Dead compared to 311? Oh, you know, yeah. how many 311 <laughs> albums exist in the world versus Grateful Dead albums? What, what is that number? Because 311 mm -hmm. does have a lot of albums, right? But there's there's something like there's like tens of thousands of hours of Jerry Garcia playing guitar. Really? There's yeah. that much? Tens of thousands. Of I've hours. just kind of started to get into live uh, dead recordings. Yeah. I'm like, it's tough to get to everything at once. Like I only really it's discovered impossible. Joni Mitchell like maybe three years ago. And yeah. I try to uh, consume whole discographies and the dead is a tough one to just sit down and consume the whole discography. Of. I, and I think that's the kind of... Did you introduce Sean Dunn to the dead? Yeah, yeah. Isn't that so funny? Yeah, uh, yeah. Like the friend Sean Dunn, yep, uh, of a very ape, uh, asked me to come up and officiate a like a wizard ceremony and for like an acid trip, and I I did a little thing and then we listened to some hypnosis tapes and then he's like, 
do you want to put on music? And I was like, all right. And I put on Live Dead and yeah, just watched his life transform <laughs> before my eyes. What did he like before? Like punk and Springsteen and stuff? No, he's got he's got that Americana roots thing that he's uh, he, he's a he's a deep digger. We have a we have a game of playlist chess where we yeah. go back and forth and we share songs. And I think I think that's part of the thing is that I used to live in a world where I had CDs and I had my book that i would bring into friends cars that had all the cds or you'd have a stack of records oh yeah I and now that. it's you know music is a park that i go explore and it's a park that's so big that i'm never gonna see the whole thing and there's favorite trails and there's new trails to explore and grateful dead is a park inside of the park oh yeah and yeah like what i love about you and sean's um playlist exchange which taps back into the whole abundance thing mm-hmm. is that uh i believe that he was he was putting out episodes of their uh, podcast, Church of Chill, which is on the very podcast, which is like a playlist it's of cool spin-off. music. Yeah. And you guys exchange playlists, but you saw that he was not repeating himself in the other playlist. In other words, he's making a playlist for you for the competition and then not using any of that when he very well could for the other one, which just taps into like, no, it's pure abundance. It's like writing jokes or something for this thing. And then you could have reused it. No one would have known, but no, it's more true to myself to use new in that moment. Cause I already did that. It's, it's very much the purest form of that, like, like competition in a good way, competition. That's not aggressive. And I want to dominate or destroy my enemy. Yeah. But I would listen to his Church of Chill and I would hear a song or two that I'd recognize from the playlist, either something that I had shown him or he had shown me. And I was like, cool, there's always, you know, a couple songs per episode. And I listened to one of them and I was like, there's nothing from our playlist. And I only recognized like one song and they were all such hits. And it just for a week, I was head down and I was like, I am digging. I am finding gems. (laughs) I am going, I'm finding a weird monkey's track I've never heard of. I'm finding this. I'm just putting them in the pile. And yeah. Like, it's how, like, what's the, uh, or go on, you felt like I interrupted you. Oh, no, 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 it's fine. I think it's like when you're running with a friend and you're like, oh, I'm getting a little bit winded and they get ahead of you and you're like, all right, I gotta get, I, yeah. yeah, now I'm motivated to get I ahead. love competition mm-hmm. and I, it, it bothers me when people take it seriously. Like I'm, I'm a competitive person, but not like dirty competitive. I'm not going to steal your monopoly money or something yeah. like that. Like within the confines of the game, I want to destroy you, but outside of the game i love you like do you want some uh tea you want some water let me go get you that but within the game like that and that's why i don't it's weird when it merges together like especially in business when you're trying to like quote something get Mm -hmm. money from someone like i'm trying to win i'm trying to get as much money as possible and then some people are still very like ooh, i don't want to ask for for too much money it's like i love the dynamic of like give me five thousand dollars five thousand dollars fuck you all right fine four thousand four thousand fuck you all right through thirty five hundred all right deal pleasure doing business with you exactly i think that's what wizardry is about in a lot of ways is this idea of nested games of how do you go into a game and understand the rules and enjoy the rules and play with the restrictions but know that at any point you can play a different game by stepping out to a larger field of reality and that's kind of what a ritual itself is where you're like here's the action figures that represent (laughs) like this is the boss that's gonna hire me to do the thing and here's the pile of money that i'm going to get and here's the god that's gonna come down and make it all happen and i'm gonna light my candles and i'm gonna do my little thing and i'm gonna do it in miniature and with symbols and then hope that the the higher plane of the real world reflects it in some way. Yeah, so that plays into the fractal nature of existence, right? Mm -hmm. A a ritual is saying that by doing this act in a miniature form, since as above, so below, the fact that we're 
witnessing it happen in miniature means that in the large scale it's also taking place because as above so below yeah that we're the 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 funny little toys in some higher beans diorama that it's <laughs> it's like i'm putting these two together and i like all the art that comes out of it and i i eat all the ideas that get made in these situations yeah that is cool did you uh did you ever see the reddit place thing hmm I've seen a lot of Reddit and I feel so like... So Reddit a few years ago for uh, for April Fool's Day, they, they had this thing called Our Place and it was this million by million pixel grid. Oh, And you could yeah. only change a pixel once every five minutes. But then all across the subreddits, people started banding together and they're like, we're going to draw Bender from Futurama or we're going to make it all black. And you can watch time-lapse GIFs of this, fic- like this flickering field of images and an American flag comes up and then it gets attacked by somebody else and it's like flickering and then they like, they win. And that's how I feel the world of ideas kind of happens around us where these concepts that we bring into the world grow legs of their own and become the Simpsons or the Grateful Dead or the Marvel universe. And on a much, much smaller scale, this podcast is a ritual or your comics and we're sort of the host bodies of these larger clouds of ideas. Um, yeah, and they feel like just so small to us now, but they have the potential to grow into things like beyond even Disneyland multiplied by Marvel, multiplied by Harry Potter world combined. So that's what I wanted to ask you is what do you think about uh, your art in the future? Because you comment on that a lot. Like, is that something that goes into your art making process? And what are your your feelings about how the art you're releasing to the world might grow and evolve? Hmm. Well, if I'm doing it right, then then it still holds up in in the future then but then then again i don't know the future is such a crazy thing like it could it could be that way and it could also completely not be that way and it could be the most uh least not valued thing at all but then it cycles back kind of like 80s music or something like the 80s music in the 90s is just the worst thing possible or 70s music in the 80s like burn all the disco records and then it takes some time to actually be like no we love all the decades equally because they're so different and unique it's a fermentation process i think you got to let it sit for long enough that it gets funky and it changes and then you go back to a decade like the 80s and you're like all right fuck (laughs) all of you know the the main stuff that was going to be a hit on the radio you know not all that goes away but there's Barbara Streisand singles from the 70s that litter Goodwills, but they don't get played on the, yeah. the radio anymore. And then something that was a sort of obscure band, you know, Modern Lovers are the needle drop for any movie set in the 70s now. And they were not that popular. Yeah. So I and wonder... You can't escape your your time period either. I think no matter no. how hard I press, in in doing it, I'm already making it part of that decade. I always bring up the, the website, my80stv.com, my70stv.com, my90stv.com. Oh, I've never heard of this. It's just a TV set, and it's like meant to replicate what TV used to be, where you have a, a clicker, oh, and you wow. can just go between channels, and it's got commercials, game yeah. shows. You can filter by which one. You can say, maybe I only want to watch music videos. And what you notice browsing the decades as this future being that's just like looking at it like some kind of king that's like show me this now is that oh wow no matter how unique they were they couldn't escape that 80s sound it sounded like an 80s song even if they were trailblazers at the time it's you can't uh, you can't escape it or the whole world of private press records where at the time it would be all right this is some lame folk album some dude recorded on his own like i don't care about it and then 30 years go by and someone's like 
oh, who cares about <laughs> a Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young album? Like we all care about this one guy that was up in his cabin yeah. making stuff. So I wonder if people in the future where they can search at such a higher rate are going to be going back and reconstructing us from the fragments available. So, oh, I'm a big fan of Ramin Nazer. I've downloaded they already did whole it. social network history and I can follow all the different relationships and I can see where like, you know, these posts on a wall led to this podcast episode and they can have the like the conspiracy map on the wall with all the tacks <laughs> and the yarn instantly. And that's the way that you appreciate it. The same way that deadheads are talking about the minutia of which show is better and what guitar was what person playing on that day. Yeah. And it's uh, I, I love that kind of stuff. Some people have no desire for it, but I love the the granularity of, of, of that kind of thing. And we've already been reconstructed. You and I already are that thing that the the eschaton, the the jeweled final artifact at the end of time. We already are that re reincarnated back into these things to play it out. It's it just is. Yeah. We're, we're already back there. So uh, I'm, I have complete faith that I've been reconstructed because I already am that software hologram playing it out. And I don't feel like it all the time. That's part of the game is to go back into it. And, uh, you know, the whole thing that uh, who's saying this, the tea fairy on Future Fossils was talking about how this universe doesn't pull punches mm -hmm. and we would get tired of a candy universe after like pretty quickly, like whether it's three billion or 30 trillion cycles of a candy universe where everything's good and happy it's like okay what happens if we we make it a little darker as leonard cohen would right. say yeah well yeah alan watts talks about that a lot too of you know if you could have the dream and control it you get tired of just eating cotton candy and <laughs> you'd want to you'd want to forget and man alan watts is so good it's mm -hmm. so easy to like just be like oh he's whatever and like yeah he's the uh, philosopher but then just go pull up any youtube video and just sit with it for eight minutes and tell me your day didn't just get a hundred times better oh for sure uh have you seen that trailer for the game everything no it's this art game where i think it's by the guy that made flower and some of these other ones but you it's it's all about those levels of reality so you're a little like animal and you're running around a forest and then you can transfer your consciousness or whatever to different things in the forest and you can become a group of trees and the trees are moving around and then you can become a continent a landmass or you can go down and if you get all the way out there's some you know that you can go beyond being galaxies and moving around Damn. to being weird particles and if you go up from that it's like you're back in the micro again and so it's the full yeah, thing yeah it's, it's and they like, have a trailer where it's alan watts talking about that idea of no matter where you are you're always in the middle yeah you're always in the middle of the universe that's how the universe works because there's infinite above and infinite below it's always in all directions um so with with sean and uh and the lovely cast greener i had a really intense dmt experience uh god what was it, a year or two ago where yeah just totally like i i thought i'd broken through before and this was different <laughs> and rattled me and took me a while to get back together and your comics were really helpful in that way. Oh, thank you. Where I read them and I was like, okay, this is making me not feel alone in this experience. And I'm realizing that other people have had this. And you had a playfulness that made me feel okay. Because part of it was reaching that that level where it's like, it's all one thing. And we're all reflecting back at it and feeling really sad. Because if we're all one thing, then we're all alone. And when you realize that any of the other conversations and things you had were just the illusions of Maya, it's like, oh, I'm just this <laughs> this omnipotent, infinite thing, like sitting alone in nothingness, but, trying to distract myself from that. But you're not sitting alone in nothingness because that implies that there's a you and then there's the outside right. and then I'm alone in it. So you're, you're visualizing it wrong. It sure. has to be like the whole thing cannot 
be in this container or all our minds map together or all the star system higher alien things map together it's the whole thing is oh boy it is big i think yeah i kind of think of existence as something trying to wrap its head around it it's like it's whoa i exist and then the freak out of realizing that is what creates all time and space and everything reverberating out yeah, it's um, it is fun to talk about. It's what McKenna would say: like there is a dimension beyond language. It's just damn hard to talk about. <laughs> and as soon as you start to describe it, you are putting it in a box where there's polarity present. So when you uh, polarity present, where if you say it is this thing, then it's and not this thing. You've already created the 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 dimension of it's not that. So. Yeah. What is that not thing? That certainly also must be, even if you're not looking at it. So any any way you cut it, there's there's that other angle of it. And I think that's that is a good is a very tough word to describe it, but um, better than the other way. Like the other way, the other way it wouldn't work. Like we wouldn't be witnessing this dance of form and sound and and lights and just awareness if it was any other way. Like it's the only way you can have reality. It's pretty crazy yeah. what we've done. It's magic. Yeah. How did we do this crap? From nothing. Yeah. We did it from nothing? Are you kidding me? We have chairs and pianos and apples and basketballs and and stuff that isn't that at all. It's it's wild. How does that idea of uh, something from nothing play into your own uh, personal creative practices? Something from nothing. How does it play into my own creative practices? I guess it reminds me that uh, there's, there's no end to... Uh, you know, I guess creativity, making new stuff. And I I like to think of how, you know, people think creativity is rainbows and unicorns and that's it. But I think creativity... Your art has got a reasonable amount of rainbows. Yeah, but no unicorns yet. No unicorns yet. But, uh, and I'm I'm not even about like rainbows. Like, yeah, I love the rainbow. I just, I think just using one color isn't enough. And sometimes I do just use one color, but... But you use one shade of one color. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just to to keep it uh, so it looks nicer that way. And sometimes I don't, but for the most part I do. But it's, uh, what was the what was the point of that? Oh yeah, the endless endless creativity. Like we we feel like we could run out of it, which you can relatively. Like you can burn out, and you'll need to go to sleep. You might need to get something to eat, have a glass of water, take a week off from making stuff, take a month off from whatever. You do need to take breaks, but the whole thing being over is a lie. There's no end to uh, awareness or experience or, um, and this sounds weird coming from a dead guy as you listen to this and they've clearly been dead for a long time, but trust me, there's no end to uh, the dance of form because if there was, it would pass in more, in in less than like an instant because without that change, you can't keep track of time. Time is change. Otherwise, it wouldn't be time. It would just be like done. So what I like to think right now is that whatever we talked about, the idea of the very special listener, the whatever the thing is that's achieving singularity that kind of exists at time and space that's absorbing all of this is these conversations and these ideas are its way of processing itself and reflecting. And, you know, if you wanted to have a vast, complicated thing that was struggling to understand itself, maybe two people smoking weed and walking around a lake and like talking about you know uh an idea they read about on reddit is the way that it's processing that that's the way that it um has that conversation yeah one of one One of of. the ways it it likes all of it 
and there's stuff it doesn't like and doesn't oh man and there's do you stuff, think there's stuff it doesn't like do you think it has preferences depends where it's standing yeah. i think you can not like stuff depending on what uh part it is like you don't want um i don't know a hamburger on your foot but you yeah. want it in your mouth that's a stupid example but it's kind of <laughs> goofy right uh yeah. you uh i like that actually i think that's a good way to like express preference <laughs> yeah i wish i had a better one like i was trying to do some kind of violent like you know a knife can be used for cutting like you know carrots or something and it can be used for cutting people or like we can have nuclear energy or we can have nuclear bombs like it always goes outward and uh inward the same rate because it's like when you have a singular point and you want to extract it into dimensionality like whether you want the x-axis y-axis z-axis it has to borrow from the other end. It's like, let's say you've got this point. It's like, I don't want to be at zero. I want to go to one. It's like, all right, but it's got to go to negative one too. Mm -hmm. Uh, A tree that reaches to heaven has to have roots that go all the way down to hell. Otherwise you can't have it. It it must be balanced. It's unbalanced, yeah. And uh, it's it's the most, It's when you think about it, then magic is like the most rational, like pragmatic thing ever. And uh, Because you find that in new agey stuff sometimes that it gets to this thing where it's like, and then everything's going to be bliss and everything's going to be amazing. And it's like you've stripped a lot of the the grit that I think the shadow gives the self. world. Yeah. That gives the world substance with the idea of that hamburger on the foot. What it made me think about is with a creative project, if you had the different feelings and rewards out of order where it's like, wait, I had an idea and everyone's applauding me and I won the award, but now I have to struggle with it? That's not in the right spot. That feels icky. Like, I don't get that. Yeah. It's like, no, I need to struggle and wrestle with the idea and then have the epiphany that feels good and then bring it into the world and then get the person saying, I liked the thing you did after you did the thing. <laughs> Do you ever watch Red Dwarf, that British sci-fi no, comedy? No, There's an episode where time, they're in a universe where time goes backwards. So, yeah. like, it, it, it is exactly that concept where the thing happens and then you have to figure out uh, what caused it so you can you can be like you know, like they show up in the universe and like his back hurts and his shoulder hurts and like what's going on and finally by the end of the episode he's like I, I know what I have to do and then he goes and stands by a broken window yeah. and then he flies backwards through the broken window and it's like oh my neck and my yeah. back and everything are okay again <laughs> so it, it goes backwards you have to go do the bad thing to become good yeah, we didn't. Uh, I I didn't actually include it in the first episode, but I I played the clip from Bill and Ted, uh, in the the live version of the ceremony that I was doing for the opening ceremony, uh, where they it's crazy. Need... I have a Lincoln mug right here. Oh, there you it's go. It's kind of a stretch, but you know, yeah, Abe Lincoln's like in it. Yeah, he's in it. Yeah. Uh, but they need the keys, and so they're standing outside the police station. They're like, "Oh, we need your dad's keys." Well, we have a time machine. So after we do all this other stuff, we'll go back before your dad lost his keys and we'll steal them when they existed. And then we'll drop them here. And look, oh, here they are. Perfect. We did it. Oh, yeah. So it all wraps in. on. That's in the first one. That's in the first one. Yeah. Yeah, It's been a while. Uh, So let's let's get into the spell portion. I think this has been. Yes. Kind of fun and freeform. So I'd love your idea on what magic you want to you want to share with all the participants tuning in. I just looked at my timer and I saw that I didn't start it. So I hope That's you started it. We're, we're good. Okay. Uh, what would I like to share with the listeners? Like what spell? What's a spell that we're going to create? We're going to create a spell to help people engage with all of the weird ideas about time, space, and creativity we've been. Okay. So we have to do an abundance spell. Okay. And um, we have to be careful where we direct it. So listeners, be sure that you're directing the abundance spell into an area you want abundance, because if you direct it into like your pain or your toothaches or something, which I know by saying that I might have already subconsciously triggered a abundance of toothaches. But if you channel it in the right place, then you'll get um, 
lots of uh, abundance. Let's see, money is an obvious one. Love is an obvious one. Um, time. I want time. Abundance so, of time. Abundance of time. And time is very malleable. So uh, in performing this, you might notice that your your day is, uh, you know, it's like, oh, man, I've got so much to do today. And then you look at the clock and you think it's 9 p.m. Yeah. Perhaps this could make it so that it's like, oh, it's only 3 p.m. I thought it was way later than that time seems to be going slow today but <laughs> and you're someplace without windows yeah and it's rare that that happens but sometimes does that ever happen to you like it, it's very often it's like oh time's going so fast today or like you're waiting in lines like this is taking forever but that the flip of that where you're like you've got a lot you want to do and it's like oh man and there's still half a day left that's crazy i wouldn't yeah. have guessed that there's still a half a day left i love that I love this. So what's this what's the least someone can do to engage with this abundance of time? What's like a small action or activity exercise thing they could do to uh, look at uh, look at a clock and you have to give all your attention to it in order to slow it down. Much like you want that wheel, like the spinning, yeah. I know in wheel of fortune, you can't stop the wheel, but imagine you want it to stop it. You have to Ooh. actually look at it and like put your energy on slowing it down because it's got a lot of momentum but you have even more force to stop that momentum so if you're putting your energy on that clock is there should they do it for any set amount of time or as long as feels good oh see isn't that interesting it's like nested within itself like you want to slow down the second but then how are you measuring that second if you're slowing it down it's like slow down time for three minutes but then if you've slowed it down enough you'll never get to that three minutes huh so xenon's paradox uh yeah maybe um 42 seconds 69 seconds 13 seconds let's do 42 seconds 42 seconds 42 seconds good so you gotta you gotta just stare down 42 seconds and we do that here yeah we'll do it too okay are we gonna do it right now? I mean, you're the you're the wizard, let's, let's right? Let's say let's do it right now. I'm just the elf or whatever. <laughs> Am I? I don't know if I'm an elf. I, I want to be something. That I think you're. I think you're getting into Santa. Like, I mean, wizards do hang out with elves, but no. But you know, the machine elves, like oh, the archetype yeah. things, like and any any type of thing. There's going to be a cheesy version of it and a real life. Like, oh, crazy! I saw, I saw gnomes. Oh, you mean garden gnomes? Uh, uh-uh. uh. Oh, I'm really real, into gnomes. Real gnomes. We'll, we'll talk about gnomes next time. All right. You ready? Yes. We're going to slow down 42 seconds together. One, two, Now tell me there wasn't a whole universe inside of that. Oh, there is so many. All right. Thank you, Ramin. Oh, that's the end? That's the end. Happy abundance, everybody. You've got more than you need, so spread it around. Give it away. Yeah. The gift that keeps on giving. For more of Ramin's work, whoa, I think I'm still slowing time down. Let me get us out of That's better. Okay, great. As I was saying. For more of Ramin's work, you can visit RaminNazer.com or find his almost daily comics posted on Instagram 
at Ramin Nazer. I can't recommend checking them out enough. His work is so vibrant, so colorful, so fun. It just doesn't do it justice to try and describe it in words on a podcast. That being said, if you do like words on a podcast and you like the words that Ramin and I create together on a podcast, you'll definitely want to check out his podcast, The Rainbow Brain Skull Hour, where you'll find a longer episode with Ramin and I talking about all kinds of other cosmic wizardy things, including a lot of the backstory about how I ended up becoming a wizard in the first place. And speaking of how I became a wizard, I'd like to help you unlock your own magic. That's the whole idea of this podcast as a ritual. So to officially become a true participant in this ritual, you can visit patreon.com slash this podcast as a ritual, where a sacrifice of as low as $4.20 will make you one with all that is and ever will be. Until next time, and every time after that, happen at once, I'm your wizard, Devin Person. Namaste.